Friday afternoon here on 710 ESPN. <laughs> Sedano and LZ, Kaplan in for Sedano. LZ, what's going on, my man? I'm in a good space, brother. I'm in a real good space. The Lakers are rocking and rolling. Got a huge football weekend coming up tomorrow with the Rams in the cold. And the Dodgers are still quietly making moves on the low low. So it's a good weekend. Yeah, it really is. Let me ask you a question. Are you all prepared for another weekend of giving it up for the NFL? Because last week, to have three games on Saturday and three on Sunday, that's a real that's a real commitment to the NFL. This week, two games on each day. Are you are you in on both Saturday and Sunday? I am because I learned last weekend the best way to keep it engaging for yourself, even though the games themselves, just the content of the games themselves is compelling enough. But if you need a little more crack, a little bit, just a sprinkle of, you know, extra, extra kick to it, switch over to the Nickelodeon channel and watch the little splashes and stuff. That was yeah. awesome. I loved it. I loved, I loved it. every minute of it. That was awesome. I did too. So if I the thought the stuff doesn't do it, you know, right, right. The slime in the end zone was hilarious. It was I thought, awesome. I thought the uh, the young kids that are like Nickelodeon TV stars that were infused into the broadcast. And by the way, it didn't bother me if they were like, oh, I don't really know what this part of the game's about. I was like, no problem. That's kind of what was cool about it. I think the kids really yeah. liked it. I liked it. It was very cool. And what's happened now is that I've noticed just in even watching like the NBA games, I can visualize it being Nickelodeon. I don't know if that's a word or not. Like every bucket has like splashes and yeah. stuff and turnovers are met with slime. Like I'm visualizing in my head watching what happens just being exposed to what, you know, last weekend of the football games. I, I have to admit it. Like I, I went back and forth between the Nickelodeon broadcast and the CBS broadcast. And every time mm-hmm. I got to Jim Nance and Tony Romo, I went, wow, this this sounds like serious. This is like heavy duty stuff, <laughs> you know. And then I went to Nickelodeon. And I was like, this is fun. I like this. Like, oh, yeah, it's a game. Yeah. It was, I'm excited, though, tomorrow, tomorrow, the first game, the Rams and the Packers. LZ, this is one of those times where, like, if you're a fan of a team, Mm -hmm. you're you're a day before such a monster game. This matchup of quarterbacks between Goff and Rodgers and the fact that both of them are Cal alums. And then you've got this matchup of McVay versus LaFleur and that LaFleur was part of McVay's staff and he was one of the first guys to kind of leave and get a job and, and look how great he's doing. Uh, yep. The, the storylines around this game are why I love them. For me, this is Jared Goff's opportunity to create a true defining moment in his career. And it will be, I think, regardless of outcome. This is the kind of game where Jared Goff, again, in my opinion, if he plays well, the toughness to have played through the injury against Seattle, to have come back two weeks later, to frankly, let's be honest with you, he was benched. I mean, he was in yeah. uniform and he was ready to play last week and they didn't start him. So this is an opportunity for him to take control of this franchise going forward. That's what I think. That's why I'm excited for Jared Goff. Absolutely. You know, when... I forgot which conversation it was. It might have been a Times interview I did, or maybe it was right here on air. But either way, I, I certainly asked um, Coach McVay whether or not this season was a career-defining season in terms of his leadership because so much of his success was tied to McVay and the rumors that McVay was pulling every single string. It made it seem as if he was a placeholder or just a game manager, which is nothing wrong being a game manager, but your number one overall pick doesn't need to be a game manager. They need to be a game winner. Mm -hmm. And no one really thought he was a game winner despite all the success. And a lot of it had to do with statistics. A lot of it was an eyeball test, but then it's just a sheer presence of leadership. 
he did not appear to be in control despite all of the success. So this is an opportunity for him. We already know he's physically tough. He's physically tough because he's been in the league this long and he's missed one game from an injury, and that was the thumb surgery. So we know he's tough. But what we don't know is he, if he's a leader, like a true leader, like someone who's going to get the ball and you're like, all right, let's do this. Because when there's five seconds left and 90 yards left and Aaron Rodgers has the ball, we still think they're going to win. We need golf to be that dude. I think you nailed it. I think this is the opportunity for Jared Goff to become the leader. And here's why I think it's more important than ever before. Because Goff was very public this week that he was not happy that he wasn't the starter last week. And he didn't come out and say, like, hey, I'm really upset about it. And I'm furious about it. What he said was, Coach McVay and I have agreed to disagree. And I'm paraphrasing. But what he's come out and said is he disagreed. So, okay, You've been criticized by the coach publicly this year. Mm -hmm. You've been injured late in the year. You've heard the fans call the radio station and say they never want to see you in this uniform again. You've heard people (laughs) say that you were overpaid too early. And then, frankly, you were benched for a guy who's undrafted who's only going to play in his second game. This is an opportunity. I also heard that Ryan Reynolds was also still more handsome. I heard that rumor, too. Well, now now you're going to get into a serious debate. Well, I'm, you know, he often gets, or is it the other Ryan? I get them mixed up. Is it Ryan Reynolds? Which one was in the uh, the, the Notebook? Which was which one of those Ryans was it? Uh, the Notebook. Ooh, Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Oh, Ryan. Ryan Gosling. There we go. I ruined my bit because I couldn't remember the last names because all the Ryans are crashing in together. He's pretty good looking, though. I'm just saying he looks like Ryan Gosling, right? Mm-hmm. So you get those comparisons every now and then. Mm-hmm. But you're you're right. I mean, he. This is huge for him. But you know what, though, dog. And this is real talk. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a homer. I'm saying this because it's true. Aaron Rodgers has more pressure on him. This is a far bigger game for Aaron Rodgers than it is for golf. It's why? bigger. Why? Tell me why. Number, I want to hear. Number one, they went out and drafted his successor. Mm-hmm. They ain't talked to him about it. They ain't preparing for it. He's had to deal with it twisting in the wind. Because the quarterback who has yet to throw 10 touchdowns in a decade, or 10 interceptions rather, in an entire decade, has been second-guessed by his franchise in front of everybody on the first night of draft night. So that's number one. He doesn't come through. You know what it does? Validates that decision. An entire season of questioning why would the team execs make that move and not help Aaron Rodgers after the season he's had and the MVP he's going to collect. If that dude loses to a dude with one thumb who doesn't like the code at home, what? <laughs> what do you do with that, right? So as big as this is for golf and whether or not he can be the leader that we hope he will eventually morph into, I believe Aaron Rodgers is also facing a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. I think you're right. The other part of it is this. of In the NFC, the quarterbacks, Tom Brady's 43. Uh, Drew Brees, I believe, turned 42 today. Somebody's going to have to fact check me on that or don't care and just go with it. Um, You you got Rodgers, who's 37, and you've got Goff, who's 26. So Goff is the young guy of this group, and theoretically you would think he's got 10 more seasons ahead of him. But Aaron Rodgers has won a Super Bowl and hasn't been back. Uh, Right. And and so, you know, different – this is not – 
he had all of his gripes when he had Mike McCarthy as the head coach of the Packers. And mm-hmm. ultimately, the, the, the decision from the Packers was it's one or the other. They can't coexist anymore. They chose Aaron Rodgers over Mike McCarthy. So to your point about him having all this pressure, yeah, um, he's the star and, and it's his team. Jared Goff, it's not his team yet, I don't think. And this is the moment right. where this could become his team. Right. We don't call Jared Goff the best player on his team. We certainly don't call Jared Goff a surefire Hall of Famer. Though I will add, at his age, he is certainly on his path. At his age, I know as crazy as that may sound, but you look at the wins and losses, you look at you know some of the stats in terms of yards and, and, and touchdowns, and obviously you got to move the needle a little bit because the age is different. We're throwing the ball a lot more, but you can't overlook the numbers in terms of wins and losses. Division titles, playoff wins, playoff wins against Super Bowl winning coaches or, or Super Bowl winning quarterbacks on the road. He beat Seattle, Russell Wilson in his house. He beat New Orleans in New Orleans, beat Drew Brees in his house. He goes up there and he beats Aaron Rodgers in his house. We're going to have to start putting some more respect on that man's name. You know, you're exactly right. In fact, when we come back, let's have this conversation. Let me ask everybody a question. What should the Rams do? If Goff were to go out and bomb or flip it, what should the Rams be thinking if Goff goes out and has a monster game? See, I'm sold on Goff, and I'm sold on him on a variety of reasons, one of which is they've already paid him. They've already given him the contract. You know, they're, they're married to him, okay? Um, now, did what, they, is he sold or is he married? Make up your damn mind, huh? <laughs> well, I'm sold. They're married. Okay, all, right. all right, okay. All right, all stick right. around. Uh, Kaplan in for Sedano. LZ in the house, as you would expect. Rams fans, I don't know about you guys. I'm jumping out of my skin. Like, I have that feeling it's the day before a monster playoff game and everything's on the line. I'm jumping out of my skin. If you want to get involved, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. What is going to happen with Goff tomorrow? I mean, that is the question we're all waiting to see answered. We're going to talk about the Lakers who are playing tonight at home. Stick around. Sedano and LZ on 710-ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sedano and LZ on 710 ESPN. What is going on, everybody? Hope you're having a great Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Scott Kaplan in for George Sedano with LZ Granderson. LZ, is it hot, man? Are you hot where you are? Uh, I'm hot and fired up for the Rams, but in terms of like temperature, temperature, you know what? It's actually a little nip in Scottsdale right now. Just a little. Man, it has been so cold here. It has been so cold. I, every day I got like a blanket wrapped around me. I'm too cheap to, to turn on the heat, really. Um, and, yeah, well, yeah. And, it's, it's, and the other part of it is it's like it gets hot upstairs and then it stays cold downstairs. So I'm just not a heat person. I don't like the heat. Um, but, man, it went from cold to like hot AF here today. It is hot, Jack. Oh, Jolly, I'll be back next week. Hopefully right. it'll still be warm. I don't know. I think I heard uh, some rain next week, but then uh, who knows? Maybe I just made that up. I may have made that up. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, nice. Maybe I didn't hear it. Now you maybe. set it up so that I get blamed for the bad weather. Nice. Thanks, Cap. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. You're not Cap. Thanks, Scotty. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> LZ, let me ask you this question. Let me get your opinion on yep. this. You, you say that the pressure is on Aaron Rodgers because they've drafted his, his replacement. They didn't consult with him. He's getting later into his career, et cetera. He's at home. He's uh, at home. There's a lot of reasons to, to buy into that. The, on the other hand, the, the pressure on Goff, if, if, the, if the Rams were to lose and Goff played poorly, what does that mean for Goff's future? It depends on what we're defining as poorly. Because, and I'm not, I'm not splitting hairs here or anything like that, but people who love football and been watching football for years, you know what I'm talking about. Because there's the poorly that a lot of national media likes to do where they look at the numbers when they trash in the Rams or Jared Goff and they go, look at that, he threw three interceptions. And then they set this narrative without actually looking to see how those interceptions were occurring. Because you can have a slippage, you can have a wrong route. Now, he is prone. I'm not going to make excuses. He is prone for just throwing that thing up there and saying, Lord, please, Jesus, somebody catch it. And <laughs> someone usually does, and it's not our team. So I'm not going to pretend <laughs> as if that doesn't happen because it does. But I just mean a lot of what people have been drumming has been based upon numbers, which hasn't been great these past couple of years, but they aren't looking at when those numbers are occurring or when the great throws are happening versus the bad throws. You can have a 0-0 game and he can have six or seven throws that are just god-awful, but they obviously haven't cost you much besides time of possession. And then you can be in a crunch time situation and he throws the perfect pass at the perfect moment because he's got the perfect protection and Cooper Cup breaks out and it was just 15 yards, but we had a third and long and that's what we needed to keep that driver line to get that field goal to help us edge the victory. So it all depends on what you're talking about with performing bad. Yeah. So I'd say this. If Jared Goff performs like he did in the game against Seattle, this is three weeks ago now, the one where he broke his thumb. Yeah. Um, and the team were to lose, you'd say, wow, you know, that's a really, really bad interception that he threw. And that's yep. the kind of stuff that we question. And so if he, were to, if he were to play poorly and the Rams were to lose, going forward, this would be my opinion, you should go out and sign a veteran backup quarterback. If, if a guy like Phillip Rivers was not going to be re-signed by Indianapolis, if a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick is not planning on going back to Miami, I'm talking about a mm -hmm. veteran backup quarterback, who you feel like can come off the bench and can play well, but who's not there to take your job or compete for your job. He's then why is he there? You. Well, then why is he there? Because, because let me tell you something. If you're ahead. at that point already, ahead. Scott, if you're already at that point where you're thinking you need a plan B, then you really should be looking for your plan A. The quarterback position is not a position you, you think about in terms of depth. Everywhere else, you can think of, oh, I got this guy, but I need this. I got this running back, but I need this one. I need a third wide receiver. Every other position is okay. But if you're thinking about depth at the quarterback position, then what you're really saying is that guy is not who I think it is, and I lack the commitment to make the change I need to make. I want to ease into it. So let me get this old guy who's not going to press him. But if I need to break glass, he won't ruin the game for me. Maybe, perhaps, I don't know. I say if you're at that point where golf plays bad and you're thinking about we need to add depth, instead of thinking about adding depth, you should be thinking about adding a new body as a starting quarterback. Well, the, the thing is, is that you got this, this contract that could be hanging over your head that could turn into like 60 plus million dollars of dead money. And so without being a full-blown NFL capologist, I can just tell you that it could be hard over the next two years to get out from underneath this contract. What I'm getting at is this. To me, I see it differently, LZ. 
a backup mm. quarterback in the NFL, okay, if, you, if your roles are defined, the backup quarterback in the NFL is there to help. He's there to be a caddy. He's there to pick up the slack. He's there to communicate during games. He's there to help coach in many ways. I'm saying this, that if you're stuck in this contract and Goff plays poorly, you got to have a backup plan. That's my opinion. However, let me flip it for you, LZ. What happens happens if Goff plays brilliantly in this game? What happens if the Rams go to Green Bay and win this game? Does does playing brilliantly, does winning, does this buy Jared Goff that we can all check the box? He is the starting quarterback of the Rams going forward. I think that for a lot of people who remember what he looked like during the Jeff Fisher years, for them, the cement is dry. And barring like a string of like two or three Super Bowl appearances, including two wins, there's probably very little you can do to break up that cement and pour some new you know, groundwork for those people. For those of us, and I'm in the second camp, who are looking around the league and asking myself, who exactly is Jared Goff? Where, where he is really. And you go, okay, there's like three, maybe four guys, right, that are just like Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, like those guys. There's not a lot of them. It's not a lot. I know it feels like everyone has one but us, but the truth is, is that everyone does not have one. <laughs> right? Most of us have someone in between, you know, Jared Goff and worse for the most part. So when you look at who Jared Goff actually is. We know he's not one of those dudes, but is he so far down the second tier of quarterbacks that you need to think about, you know, a replacement? Well, he's winning. And at the end of the day, your team is winning. And unless you have a Patrick Mahomes in your hip pocket and you're willing to let Alex Smith go, you ride with Alex Smith. Why? Because you're winning. And that's the goal, to win football games. Jared Goff, wins football games. He wins them in the postseason. He wins them in the regular season. He wins them on the road. He's led us back from deficits. He's maintained huge leads. He's beaten Mahomes. He's beaten Tom Brady. He's beaten Aaron or Drew Brees. Like, he's a winner. He's not one of those spectacular dudes who's going to end up with all these highlights on Center. He'll never end up as that guy. And that's okay. Because most starting quarterbacks aren't that guy. He's not an anomaly. The anomaly is the Patrick Mahomes. The anomaly are the Aaron Rodgers. So it's like, let's really be mature about how we talk about a Jared Goff and stop looking at what he's not and looking at what he is. See, this is why, to me, this game is so huge for him. Because he's got an opportunity now. Remember, he was a drafted kid who sat the bench, coach got fired, here comes hot shot coach. New coach is young and good looking and cool and he's doing reality TV stuff. And, and, and you're saying, okay, so, so he's kind of the star and he's the pupil. And for four years now, Goff has remained in that role. He's, to me, he's never elevated to a point where he's taking over the team and he's clearly become the leader. And, and I think this week, telling people, hey, I disagreed with the decision. You know, I'm in uniform. I'm dressed. I had surgery 12 days ago. I'm the starting quarterback. They got $100 bucks into me. I'm the guy. And the fact that they didn't start him and he came off the bench and wound up helping lead them to a victory, it was not a statistical masterpiece. I'll grant you that. But go look at Russell Wilson's numbers from that game. They were terrible. So, So to me, because Goff got ticked off, because he's been 
insulted, or at least maybe he feels that way, by the coach and by his decision. Willingness to tell everybody, I disagree with the coach. Not just being the puppet that says, I'm a robot, this is what I'm supposed to say. I love this opportunity for Jared Goff to stick it to everybody. And if he can, then Jared Goff, in my opinion, can elevate where it's like, finally, this is my team. I have an opinion, by the way. I'd like to tell you what I think about our receiving core. Or I'd like to tell you about mm-hmm. somebody that I think we should go get in free agency. Or I'd like to give you an opinion about what I think we should do with this coaching position. I don't think he's had that kind of clout. Drew Brees does. Tom Brady does. Aaron Rodgers does. But I don't think that, that Jared has. And this is his opportunity to create that clout internally. That's my opinion about it. I think this is a great opportunity for him. I'm excited for him. It is. It's a great opportunity for the Rams. It's a great opportunity for the city. I mean, can you imagine a third championship within a calendar year? I mean, from a major team? Yeah. I mean, if if the Rams win, if the Rams win this game, you already know that they've beaten New Orleans and Tampa Bay this year. And and so I'm – listen, I'm – again – if you're a Rams fan, I'm jumping out of my skin. I don't know about the rest of you guys. That's how I feel right now. 877-710-3776, 877-710-ESPN. I'll be curious to hear what people have to say about all this. I'll tell you that right now because uh, I, I'm in on Jared Goff. I know a lot of people are out on Jared Goff. LZ, I'm in. I'm in. But, I, 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 you know, I usually stay in even though I got a timeshare elsewhere during some weeks. <laughs> I'm feeling that. All right, listen, uh, stick around. We're just getting rolling. We're leading our way up towards the Lakers and New Orleans tonight. And so we got a lot we're going to get to in terms of the Lakers. And actually, Zion's going to be playing tonight when he didn't play the other night against the Clippers. So with LZ Granderson in for George Sedano, it's Scott Kaplan. And here come your calls on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Scott Kaplan in for George Sedano along with LZ Granderson. Sedano and LZ on 710 ESPN. Friday afternoon and we're leading our way towards Lakers pregame and then Lakers versus New Orleans tonight. Mm -hmm. LZ, I got to ask you, man. Yeah, give me me a little feedback here. What do you think about the way the Lakers have gotten off to this incredibly hot start, 7-0 on the road? I mean, it's... It, there's, a, there's not a lot to complain about right now. I thought it was going to take time to work your way into shape, work your way into rotations, team chemistry. I mean, things are rolling right now. What do you say? Well, I was prepared for them to, you know, not really care that much, to be quite honest with you, especially out the gate. You know, I don't know, you know, what your thoughts were when um, President Obama and LeBron were talking during the show, and, you know, LeBron made the joke that, you know, he's going to be, you know, load management and taking it easy and cherry-picking or whatever um, at the start of the season because of a quick turnaround. And maybe that just sort of set all of our expectations, you know, a little bit lower because, you know, obviously if he's not going to go full throttle, it's hard to believe that the rest of the teammates are, are going to, you know, be able to do that without him. Um, but he's 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 been in. And they are 
their defense is number one, their offense is number five, they're kicking ass, and they're doing it efficiently. They're doing it efficiently. Producer Greg. Well, here he comes. Yes, sir. Here comes Greg. Oh, there we go. Hey, there you go. There there you go. go. Uh, he's back. Hey. He's back. Um, what are the numbers again when you compare the minutes per game with LeBron James and Anthony Davis with that 73-9 and nine squad from Golden State? They're top two guys. So the 73 and 9 squad from Warriors, uh, Steph Curry averaged 34.2 minutes per game and Klay Thompson averaged 33.3, which is still, you know, decently low for for a good for good players like that. LeBron and AD, LeBron is 31.9 right now and AD is 31.8, below 32 minutes per game for each guy. Yeah, but that's cuz this whole notion of load management is real easy when you're killing people you know like like when houston isn't putting up a fight for two straight games and you're just blowing these guys out and the score's 117 100 it's not anywhere near as close as what the score says and lebron's sitting on the bench with flip-flops with seven minutes to go in the game i mean that's that's the way you don't have to play a whole bunch of minutes you just destroy people yeah yeah you know you you take care of business against the inferior opponents which is what they essentially have been doing especially during this this the stretch you know it's we had that tight game against the Bulls. Anthony Davis did not play. Um, you know, LeBron was LeBron and, and took care of business for us. But we had a two-point victory against the Grizzlies, a loss against the Spurs, and then a two-point victory against the Bulls. So we weren't doing being efficient. We were winning two out of three, which is a good clip, but we weren't being efficient because we, our guys had to play, and obviously these are close games. But since then, since Anthony Davis called them out for their defense, we've been rolling. We've been yeah. rolling, and they've been able to rest which means they are doing load management. It's just called beat the hell out of the opponent so you don't have to play in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I love seeing LeBron the other night. Was, uh, was it Sunday night? Six minutes and 30-something seconds to go. Man, he takes his shoes off. He got on those slides. You know, those are the same slides my brother-in-law wears with, like, long denim jean shorts with, like, six inches of his really pale blue white legs showing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely do know. And I love seeing it, too. You know, just make sure you don't get close up to any bare feet. But I like the fact that he's in slides and he's just chilling deep into the fourth quarter. Because also, remember, not only is it important to, to rest LeBron James, it's important to groom the young guys. So the more LeBron and AD can sit, the more we see a THT and Coos and we get to ask ourselves, can they make it to the next level? When LeBron retires at 57 years old, will they be ready then? I mean, those are the opportunities for these young guys. So it's important not just to rest LeBron during the regular season and AD during the regular season. It's important to have THT use to maintain elites. So we're in the postseason and it's time to rest them because they've played, you know, significant minutes. We don't have to worry about a very, very good team taking advantage of an inexperienced young lineup because this young lineup would have had a chops because they're being played now. All right, this portion of the show is presented by Alignment Health Plan, changing health care one person at a time. LZ, mm-hmm. so you got New Orleans in tonight. Lonzo Ball, Zion. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you got a lot of guys here who are, you know, guys that are interesting, I suppose, to Laker fans that you want to see tonight. Well, it's, I call it the family reunion, you know, because even though we parted ways, it wasn't acrimoniously, right? It was like, listen, guys. You're all good kids. We're going to sing you off to college. You know, you go and, you know, you, you learn some stuff. You get better. It's just that right now, we don't have that kind of time. So it's not you, it's us. We're on a clock. 
So we're going <laughs> to sing you over here. And so I'm happy to see them. You know, it's like I don't feel bad or, or a certain kind of angry way by any of them. Like this isn't Dwight Howard. You know, this isn't, you know, somebody who spurred us. This is someone who, when they heard that we were going to trade them, fell apart because they love us so much. So I, I feel like they're our cousins. You know, they're like, not first cousins, because first cousins get rings, but they're like our second and third cousins. They're at the family reunion. They can get a plate. You know, they got aunties there. You know, they, they can participate in this celebration as well. And I'm happy to see B.I. You know, it's good to see Josh Hart, you know, come back from when he was hurt a couple of years ago and, 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 and be able to contribute. We're still waiting to see about the development of Lonzo. But, you know, I still have hope in him because he has so many great intangibles. So, you know, for me, I, I'm happy to see the kids. I want to beat the hell out of them, you know, because they ain't ready. They're still in freshman year as far as I'm concerned. But it's good to see them. Yeah. I love the, uh, the video the other day. I don't know if you saw it where uh, – trying. To, I don't know who the guy is, but he had this video where once uh, LeBron, who's in practice, finds out that Brooklyn gets hardened, the dude starts throwing the ball. He's supposed to be LeBron in practice. He's like, why are you doing this to me? I'm 36 <laughs> years old, man. I can't keep doing this. And then he calls Kyrie. Hey, hey, Kyrie, I know you can hear me, man. Why are you doing this to me? Did you see this video? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. It was great. It was Loved awesome. It. And, and Bron responded to it, which was even cooler. What did he say? You know? Um, hold on. It was a story a couple of days ago. Oh, um, oh I'm late to the party, man. Yeah, just, it was just a quick little social media thing, you know, just he, he saw it and acknowledged yeah. it. So I like that. I wonder if LeBron sees my tweets. Um, I'm sure he does. I mean, actually. I tag him. I mean, I try you know, I sure add him he does because, as you know, he's aware of all the things going on in the media. He may not always say something, but he's always, you know, aware. Yeah, so I think who so. knows? maybe he does. Let me take a couple of calls here, LZ. Let's see what everybody thinks. You know, we started today talking about Jared Goff and the Rams, and what a monster chance this is for Jared Goff to go to Green Bay against Aaron Rodgers to get another road victory in the playoffs, to do it against another superstar quarterback when everybody's been doubting the guy all year long. So let's see what the people have to say. Let's let's go to the phones. Uh, Paul, Studio City, Kaplan in for Sedano, Sedano and LZ. What's going on, Paul? I'm really enjoying the show, Stuck in Traffic, but... uh. Wanted to just say, look, man, I've never been sold on Jared Goff was ever a $100 million quarterback, to be fair. Look, but when, you, when your team is built on, we have one of the best defenses in the league. By, you know, everyone is scared of Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. you got elite talent in the backfield and the front line, and that makes your supporting players even better. So probably right now in the playoffs, probably the most dangerous defense in the league right now is the Rams. Right, so if we go to if we go to Green Bay, the the formula to win: ground the ball, keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands, let your defense do the thing. Well, if you have a hundred million dollar quarterback, that shouldn't be the entire game plan. Hundred million dollar quarterback shouldn't be a good game manager like Trent Dilfer style, like these other guys. There's, you know what I mean? So for me, golf. Look, he has his moments. I've seen more than enough over the course of time. We need to do what we can. Look, Houston are a bunch of suckers. Go talk to the Texans. And hold on, brother. Hold on, hold on. I just got one quick question for you. One quick question for you. Because you're making some good points. But I want to. I just want to ask you one quick question. Because I'm okay. looking at the list of the 10 highest paid quarterbacks. And I just want to tell – I just want you to say yes or no to these questions. You ready? I'm ready. Um, has he been to more – has he been to fewer court, uh, Super Bowls than Matt Ryan? Uh, no, he's been, to, he's been to the same amount, I believe. Okay. What about Dak Prescott? No, but okay. I still think. What about Carson Wentz? Okay. Well, what about Kirk Cousins? Okay. 
Do you no. see where the brother is going with this conversation right now? I do. See that what while you're saying, you may be offended at the high price tag of one Jared Goff, when you look I at the top ten, thing. and oh by the way, Jared Goff is making thirty three point five million according to this list I'm looking at, and the top ten and starts with thirty with Matt Ryan, so he's getting paid as a top ten quarterback. And I just read off four names that haven't got as far as he has, and yet they're in the top ten with Jared Goff. So while you mad at Jared yeah. Goff and the money that he's making, wouldn't you be mad if you were Philadelphia right now? Wouldn't you be mad if you were Matt Ryan right now? You only been to one Super Bowl for thirty million dollars and he's about to leave because he's too old i get so what I you're like saying Jared i get what you're saying but the problem is this the rams are the reason why he went to the super bowl he got paid because of todd Gurley's legs i mean we we had an elite running back in his prime at the time and he was in his contract year at that moment it was just perfect timing oh, like Joe you want to punish jared golf for being on a balanced football team oh you want him to be a one-man band like deshaun watson who's made 39 million dollars and he's barely in the postseason Wait, what do you want, Paul? Right now, Paul, thirty-nine million dollars for Deshaun Watson. He ain't. He's hasn't been nowhere near as far as Jared Goff has in the postseason. But you guys are playing the level of the defenses Jared Goff is playing well against, and he's not playing well against good defenses. He's not. The the Seahawks are a terrible defense. I'll see you in Tampa, bro. No, no. Let me tell you something. (laughs) Hey, hey, Paul. Good call. Thank you. But let me tell you something. Uh, Seattle's defense improved a lot as the year went on. A lot. And by the way, listen. I say it all the time. Okay, you, you can always beat up on Jared Goff, and he's become a very easy target to do that for, uh, to, to beat up on. But let me tell you something. When it's first and goal on the one-yard line and you can't score, there's a lot of other problems besides just Jared Goff. So right. we'll get back to that coming up because I know LZ and I are going to give a little bit of advice this evening for uh, Coach McVay. Um, not keys to victory, just advice, just, just a couple of things, just a few suggestions, that's all, nothing major. But coming up next... What you need to know on Sedano and LZ on 710 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. And George Sedano is going to be working the sidelines tonight of the ESPN broadcast between the Lakers and New Orleans. Scott Kaplan in for George Sedano on Sedano and LZ. And along with LZ Granderson, here comes producer Greg with what you need to know, brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Greg? All right. So what you need to know, the first thing is going to be about the Los Angeles Dodgers. And they have agreed, the Los Angeles Dodgers have agreed and avoiding arbitration with Corey Seager, uh, Cody Bellinger, Julio Urias. But they did not agree with Walker Bueller or Austin Barnes. So Bueller and Barnes will go to arbitration. That does not mean they're going anywhere, just that they did not agree. What does this mean to you about where the Dodgers are going, LZ? I don't like it. It may be a whole lot of nothing, right? Like, like I'm, I might be a little bit of a snowflake right now, but I just don't like hearing things like arbitration and our franchise pitcher. I just don't like that phrase. <laughs> So I, I, I'm not crazy about it, but, you know, like you said, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's leaving. It means that all it means is that there might have been a little space in negotiations, and I hate space. 
Yeah, and you think it's the Dodgers, right? And you look at some of the deals that they've done, and you've gone and you go, "Wow!" I mean, look, they're they're not afraid to spend big, big money and make you know long term investments. You know, why would that? Why would this come to this with with Bueller in particular? It is good that that you know you get Seager and Bellinger and get that kind of stuff done and get it out of the way. I mean, those, I mean, those are your guys the way I see it. But man, it's uh, yeah, going to arbitration with Bueller. I don't think he'll go anywhere. He'll just probably wind up right. getting, you know, probably more than he wants and maybe less than they, or, or may, maybe, he'll, well, I just screwed the whole math up there, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I know what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to say um, he's going to get more than they want to give him, but less than he wants to get. So I, I tried to, I maybe tried to clean it up. I think I screwed it up even worse. <laughs> That's fine. Well, Andrew Freeman is known for not going to arbitration with his players. Last year was the first time anybody did go to arbitration with him from the Dodgers. It was Max Muncie, Chris Taylor, Jock Peterson, and Pedro Baez. So obviously all four of those came back, and Max Muncie is probably going to stick around, and Chris Taylor as well. So hopefully they, they bring something towards Bueller and Barnes, and they're here for long term because they can sign multi-year deals after this. Uh, the so next you, so story. You, but you ask us, hold on, you ask us our, our thought on this. And you've got the Vin Scully tattoo on your arm. So, so you care about this. I, mean, I do. I care a lot. This is religion for you. So, so what like, do you think? I mean, what do you make of, like of the fact that... Is it tricep It is on my forearm, on my left forearm. Oh, it's visible. Um, but, oh, yeah. Vin yeah, it, it, but it's, it's like, visible. It's, speak. It's kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not as visible as you think it is. I, there's, it, I'd have to show you. And I'll take a picture of it, LZ, and I'll send it to you. That's but, very uncomfortable. Go ahead. <laughs> but either way, Walker Bueller is the one that I'm more concerned about. Going to arbitration with a big-time player like Walker Bueller is is scary, like LZ was talking about. Your star pitcher going to arbitration means that you weren't you're far away for some reason on your salary numbers. And the fact that that's happening with Walker Bueller scares me a little bit because he's under control for a little more a couple more years, but you got to sign him long term before he he has a chance to leave. So that one worries me a little bit more than Barnes. Yeah. All right, well, there you go. Um, the other thing, just real fast, WandaVision came out today. Scott, you are not a very big watcher of anything, really. So, <laughs> so are, are you going to watch WandaVision? Go on, useless I, one. Tell us what you're not going to do again. I have started watching a new series. I'm telling you right now, I've started watching a new series. Um, I'm about four episodes into a series called Succession on HBO. Has anybody seen that? Yeah, it's, 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 it's an excellent show. You will love it. Yeah, uh, so again, I'm kind of late to it, you know, but I'm into it now. It's all right. You got there. So, so tell me what I should know about WandaVision if it's just coming out. I've been reading these spots. I'm, I'm aware you know of it, but I Honestly, don't know what it's, what it's about. Don't do it. If, if you haven't seen enough Marvel movies to get the background or you didn't grow up reading the comic books, don't do it because if I catch you on air having watched it and you don't have the content background necessary and you start bashing the content, I'm going to drive to San Diego and whoop your ass. So, oh, no. So, me, so I don't have to get arrested and you don't have to get your ass kicked. I'm going to tell you not to watch WandaVision because I'm sure it's brilliant and I don't want your lack of background in the Marvel Universe to ruin it for people. <laughs> and I don't want to get my ass kicked. All right. I'm a so lover, not a fighter. Deal. Yeah, I'm a peaceful go. brother is what I am. Yeah. Go watch Succession. Follow up with some Ted Lasso. Leave WandaVision alone. All right, so I'm not I'm, – I, you're right. It's true. I mean, I'm not going to have the Marvel movie background to know what's going on. Right. I remember people who, who decided 
after like 10 years, I'm going to watch the very last Avengers movie and then go online and trash it saying none of this made any sense. Like It's like going to class. You didn't read a damn book. I didn't study for one second and said a test was stupid. <laughs> that's what that's like. It's the teacher's fault. They don't teach me right. Exactly. It's their fault. That's right. Well, I guess I guess to answer your question, Greg, uh, I'm not going to watch WandaVision now, but it's but it's a self-preservation <laughs> right issue. Move. That's all. <laughs> you know? Nicely done, LZ, because that was the right way to go. Greg, listen, you know what I'm saying? Those individuals who who drop in after like missing the last 19 movies of a series and then just want to say, yeah, that just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't mean, understand what's doing. Who are these rotten people tomatoes watching? and spoiling it? <laughs> right. Like, I don't understand. They're going in all these different multiverses. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, if you actually would have watched any of it, you'd understand. So, you know that uh, when, when we were doing Purgatory, Michael Thompson mentioned this movie One Night in Miami. And I haven't seen that, and I thought to myself, it just you know, came maybe, out. Yeah, I thought maybe out. maybe I try that tonight. That's a good idea. That is a good idea. It's got a lot of Oscar buzz. I do believe it is the first film directed by a black woman to be uh, showcased at cons. I believe is what the the buzz started at that moment by the great Oscar winner, Emmy winner Regina King. All right. Well, I might check that out after the Laker game tonight. Thinking about it. Or maybe I'll just go back to Succession. Or maybe when does WandaVision come out? It's now. It comes out. It's out already. It is out yeah. right now. See, yeah. see, this, this is why you shouldn't be watching. Yeah. Because if you were in it, you already know. Yeah. So don't, don't, so I'll, don't, don't do it. I know. I'm just too I'll hit this read on... for you since you don't know anything about it. Check yeah. out Marvel Studios' <laughs> WandaVision original series now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. I just get too caught up in certain things. You know, like I get caught up in Laker games. I'm very caught up in the NFL playoffs. And then I just, I wind up missing all the good pop culture stuff. But you know what's great? You can still get it. It didn't disappear. Right. So I'm telling you not to watch WandaVision right now. What I was telling you on the low low, if you was picking up what I was putting down, is go watch the other movies so you can be with the rest of us. Oh, by the way, I want you to know, I picked up what you put down in a big way. Picked it right up. All right up. then. Yeah. Okay. You put it down, I picked it up. Is what all right. Happened. All right, LZ, let me, uh, let me, let me get back to, to uh, the Rams here for a second because I would like to offer to Coach Sean McVay a little bit of advice, if I may. Okay. This doesn't usually sit well with coaches. You know, coaches kind of look at guys like me and they're like, I know more football in my little pinky finger than you're ever going to know about football in your entire life. Um, okay, I'll, I'll go with that. But here's the thing. I just want to offer Coach McVay just a couple of small pieces of advice of things that he should try to avoid if winning the game in Green Bay is the goal. And I think it is. So here goes. Two things. One, mm -hmm. Coach, please, never, ever, ever, ever have Jared Goff run a quarterback sneak. Don't do it doesn't work. The one thing about Jared Goff, and I've been saying all day, LZ, I like him, and I'm, I'm still on him, but the thing is, he's, he doesn't like to be hit. And, and for a quarterback sneak to really work, I mean, you got to put your head down, you got to push through, or you got to Drew Brees it and jump over the top. It doesn't work. It hasn't worked. It doesn't work on the goal line. It doesn't work <laughs> on fourth and short in the middle of the field. Please, Coach McVay, never, ever, ever 
run a quarterback sneak with Jared Goff. What do you think about that, LZ? I'm kind of okay with that. I'm kind of okay with that because uh, you're right. It doesn't look great. But there are those moments where he can just leap and reach over that he's done quite successfully recently. So I don't want to take every option like that off the table because there has been some sex for that, you know, when it's golden inches. But certainly if it's, you know, we're at the two, no, I'm with you. <laughs> so, so the thing is, is that I don't want to see him with a quarterback sneak, and here's why. Because if you go back to the game two weeks ago in Seattle that they lost 20-9, to nine, they had first and goal on the yep. one-yard line, and they did not get in. And they went, and they, they listen, you, you have to score from there. And, and so part of it is execution and part of it is play calling. I mean, if you're the coach, you're like, we have a yard. If our guys can't beat their guys for one yard, we don't deserve it. Well, okay, that's fine. But four straight plays from the one-yard line, you run the ball and you can't get in. This is a creative offense. This is a creative offensive mind. Find something creative in play action around the goal line. Keep the defense on their heels. Don't just run the ball four straight times from the goal line should you find yourself in that situation. So my first piece of advice, Elzy, don't quarterback sneak with Jared Goff. And my second piece of advice for Coach McVay is this. Would you please just do me a favor? And I'm just asking. This is just a personal favor at this point. Would you please stop rolling this kid out to his left? Seriously. It's pretty futile, isn't it? He's not Patrick Mahomes. He can't right. gyrate his body in a certain way. He can't throw the ball underhand 60 yards. Please, stop rolling Jared Goff, a right-handed quarterback. Stop rolling him to his left. Those are two pieces of advice, LZ, from me to Coach McVay. Perhaps you would like to jump in here. I, I like that. I like both of them, especially the latter. You're right. He does not whip his hips around nearly fast enough in order to justify rolling him left. You are right about that. Um, I have two pieces of advice as well. Um, one seems obvious. The other one maybe not so obvious. Number one, McVay, you have nothing to prove. The object is to win the game. I know that might be that narrative that this is your underling that you're coaching against. And you want to prove that he's not on your level as an offensive genius. You want to prove that the plays you come up with are prettier than his. You have the bell of the ball, not McFlurry. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Skip that. If it's working, keep doing it. If it's ugly, but it's in your favor, be disgusting. Run, baby, run. Don't try and do nothing but dazzling. Don't have Hecker doing any weird stuff on punts. Just win the damn game because at the end of the day, it's not whether or not you had the prettiest plays. It's whether or not you win or lose this damn right. game. So don't try and be pretty because you're trying to prove a point that you're better than your underling. Number two. Yep. And this is really, really big. Don't challenge unless the game is on the line. Do not challenge unless the game is on the line. Statistically, there are only three coaches in the history of the NFL right now who are 50-50, and you ain't one of them. <laughs> so you're on the road against arguably the greatest quarterback of his generation who just had an MVP year, who hasn't thrown 10 interceptions in a decade during the course of a regular season. If he makes a mistake, you want to be in position to take advantage of it. And one of the best ways to be in position is to have timeouts. Your timeouts are way more important than trying to win a challenge in the third quarter. 
Keep those timeouts in your hip pocket because if Aaron Rodgers has one of his miraculous drives that we all fear he may have, but you still got 30 seconds left on the clock, that 30 seconds feel a hell of a lot better if you have some timeouts to go with it. So don't challenge unless you're going to lose the game if you don't. Well, that's great advice. That is, that is sound advice right there from LZ to Coach McVay. Here's one more piece. Don't All kick right. any field goals under 40 yards. If it's under a 40-yard field goal, go for it on fourth down. Short like field it. goals on the road don't win games. All right, LZ, coming up. Aaron Rodgers seems very, very comfortable this week. He doesn't seem to be stressed out one bit about the Rams. How do you know that Aaron Rodgers is at ease this week? We'll tell you coming back. Scott Kaplan in for George Sedano on Sedano and LZ. LZ's in the house, as you might expect. The Jeopardy theme. So, LZ, I said before the break, Aaron Rodgers not exactly stressed out, or so it doesn't seem this week, as the Packers get ready for the Rams. The word is that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a guest host on Jeopardy. Have you heard about this? I have. This is very exciting. He is quite the cerebral athlete he is. So he's been on Jeopardy before. Now, I don't know the results. Did, did Aaron Rodgers win Jeopardy when he was on it? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. He actually he dominated. Yeah, it was a celebrity Jeopardy. It was, so it was someone I believe oh, so you had yeah. some thespians in there too, perhaps. Yes. Well, it was, uh, I believe, someone from Shark Tank. And then there was another person I have to find. Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. Mr. Wonderful? Yeah. I... I don't know. You don't know who Kevin O'Leary is? <laughs> I know. I don't know which one he is. He's Mr. Wonderful. There you go. Oh, all right. That's, that's a good start. That's a good mm-hmm. name. All right. So Aaron Rodgers was on Jeopardy. And now in the post-Alex Trebek world, rest in peace, shout out Alex Trebek. Now they're, they're doing guest hosts, and Aaron Rodgers is going to be one of them. So what do you got here, Greg? What do you got for us? So I have 10 questions from when Aaron Rodgers was on. And it was the other guy was an ast- was astronaut. Mark Kelly was the third person on the on Ooh, with the group. Of that. Aaron Rodgers. You, sir. Yeah. So there's 10 questions here. We're going to get through as many as we can before we have to go to pregame. So I'll start it off for $200. And your name is your buzzer. Um, Scott, LZ, and Jorge, you can all play. For $200, this man earned his MVP status, leading the Israelites out of bondage in Egypt. Scott. Scott. Who is Moses? That is correct. $200 now, LZ, goes that, to LZ, Scott. LZ, I had to have that one, LZ. I had that's, to win. That's, that's, that sounds like That's mine, man. Did he win the whole thing with questions like that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. So okay. this category is traveling amongst the stars for $400. Okay. She was one of the fly girls on In Living Color back before Scott. we knew her. As yeah, Scott, 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 Scott. Mm, do I have J-Lo? J-Lo is correct. It's another $400 She's the only fly Scott. girl we remember. What kind of question is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to get your voice. You got to say LZ and not Scott, too. So that's just <laughs> Well, I thought Scott was the buzzword. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you put, yeah, you put can, we, can we split so that category. The category for this one is number 12. Uh, For $600, a cost analysis of the 12 days of Christmas said these 12 12th day items would set you back $2,854.80. Greg, it's me, LZ. (laughs) LZ, yes. (laughs) Um, Is it turtle doves? That is incorrect. These what? 12 so what's the 12th day item seriously greg christmas 
Seriously, you, you're feeding him now? What the hell? Okay, well, no, 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 so this is the, this is a bank have follow up. <laughs> no, there was no follow up. <laughs> but we are running out of time. He Nobody said what he one. said. <laughs> the uh, I can't believe twelve this. drummers drumming. Twelve drummers drumming ah, is the correct no, answer. I would never have gotten. That. Uh, okay, so this is a category. It's true for eight hundred dollars at Woodstock. Jimi Hendrix played this model of Fender guitar. Scott. Scott. Uh, what is a Stratocaster? That is correct. $800 goes to Scott. It is a Stratocaster. I feel like that's a racist uh, question. I got Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> <laughs> hey, question. I guess so, that theory goes out the window. Damn it. I have a question. When yeah. does the game start? Jorge, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you playing, bro? Jorge been yeah, chilling all there. afternoon. Oh, man. Jorge ain't said nothing all afternoon. Then, <laughs> boop. Okay. All right. I got you, bro. I got you. All right. So this this category is Bible MVPs for $1,000. It was this right. MVP, Most Valuable Prophet, who asked whether the leopard can change his spots. Oh, man. Seriously? For uh, $1,000. Uh, Scott. Scott. Who is Peter? That is incorrect. Oh, no, God. I meant I like who is Peter? Like I don't even know who that is. No. <laughs> Does anybody have a guess? Let's see, prophet, huh? I'm gonna say yeah. who who is John? That is incorrect as well. That is no. The correct answer. Jorge, do you have a guess real fast? No. Oh no. You got okay. Jokes. You <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> who is Jeremiah? Jeremiah. Uh, sure, I should. Ah, uh, Jeremiah. You know, I don't spend a lot of time on his book. All right, so that. that'll do it for that. And Scott is ending up as the winner, as wow. he was the only one that Wait, got that's the question it? correct. Yeah. That's it? We have 30 yeah. seconds before we got to get to. <laughs> We're almost I there. I was waiting for the commercial break. That's when I was waiting to kick it in, like on the show. <laughs> He's going to double jeopardy. Well, that's it, LZ. Uh, have a great weekend. It's time for Laker pregame. And so we'll see everybody when we get back on the air next week, man. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Be healthy out there, everybody. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.